Welcome to Extraordinary, an experiment in sharing part of my story, the chapters and life lessons I learned along the way from my experience writing a memoir. I'm hoping this podcast helps you see the joy in life and maybe even encourages you to write down your own memories. Hello, welcome to another podcast. Thanks for making it so far. This is so great. Um, Tuesday. Golly, I just listened back to that before starting to record this one. I read so fast. I'm sorry. I was in a hurry, I guess. Um, I can't even remember what was going on that day, but um, I will try to pace better. (laughs) Um, Also, the chapters are getting a little bit longer, and I I do feel a lot of pressure to not waste people's time, but I also was just telling myself, if anyone makes it this far, like if they're into this chapter, I don't think that they're going to mind spending a few extra minutes, more than 15 minutes on listening to the next chapter. So sorry, that was like 2x, zippy zippy, zippy quickie. (laughs) Maybe it's just me. You know, you know how like you critique yourself and you can nitpick the little things so much easier when you're thinking about your own self. Anyway, not important. What is important is the next chapter. It's getting real grandma heavy because we're bouncing back to grandmommy and um, our trip to California that I said was three weeks long. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know how long it really was, but um, we weren't at Disneyland the whole time. We're not like hoity toity bougie. We're just, we were there for like a day or so, um, I explain it in the chapter you'll, you'll catch on. So, um, yes, it was a great, <laughs> enough with the intro. Here we go. This chapter is called to Grandmommy's house. We go another house, another memory. I don't really know the logistics of this trip, but it was the California adventure of my childhood. We drove out road trip style, which certainly has its ups and downs. Our first stop was my Alexander grandparents' house for the two years they spent as mission president and wife in Riverside, California. We spent one day during this visit at um, Joshua Tree National Park. Who knows these things when you're six years old? It was a desert area where we saw real live lizards scampering about, a cactus at least the size of me, and Pride Rock, which had multiple cave-like carve-outs stacked on top of each other in the side of a solid rock wall. We each climbed our way to one of the spots and had our picture taken like we were our own little pride of lions. While we stayed with Grandma and Grandpa Alexander, we spent one day at Disneyland all together, and then a second day, just our family, to make up for having our grandparents come with us on the first one. (laughs) As an adult, I get that. Some memories and places and times are good for just your little family. The Riverside Mission Home had a laundry chute, and we watched Mr. Toad and the Swan Princess on TV. During this trip, I went with Grandma to the store. There was a display of cute little kid diaries. They had puffy plastic covers with a little lock and key that clicked together. My favorite one was purple and pink with a circus theme illustration, clowns juggling on a unicycle. Grandma watched me pick it up and admire the pages. She said I could get it and asked me to pick out a hairbrush too. After a few days with Grandma and Grandpa, we drove up to Sacramento, where my mom grew up, and we stayed for at least a month. (laughs) 
<laughs> the only evidence I have to support this deduction is that we were there for my birthday and Thanksgiving. When I asked my mom about this, she said it couldn't have been more than two weeks. I don't know. It felt like a long time. P.S. My birthday is November 14th and Thanksgiving is usually around the 24th, right? Is Thanksgiving one of those hops? I don't know. Is it always the 24th? Yeah, sure. You, you know what I'm talking about. Where were we? <laughs> it was my one childhood homeschooling experience and it was awesome. When I eventually went back to school, I remember clutching that cereal box journal and sitting at my little desk just sobbing with such despair. I thought I'd never get over having to return to normal life. We stayed with my mom's parents, who we lovingly called Grandmommy and Granddaddy. My grandparents' house was quirky and entirely lovable. The whole place smells like old books, chlorine, and crisp morning air. I don't know where my mother slept as a girl, but at one point, my grandfather had rigged up some sort of triple bunk situation that I associate with the missile bunks groomings for the orphan girls he adopts in the movie Despicable Me. She was one of 11 children, all of which had a baby picture lined up in birth order above my grandparents' couch. My cousins and I would stare up at those pictures and test our memory of the lineup, reciting each of our aunts and uncles by name. Clay, Claudia, Byron, John, Dan, Sue, Deanne, Julie, Lori, Jared, and Lyman. The house has double front doors with amber-yellow window panes on either side and a fantastical stained-glass dolphin stationed in a small octagon window in the upper right of the doors. Even further to the left is the driveway that leads to the garage doors, and on the other side of that is a wood fence with a swinging door held tightly in place by a metal latch. Behind this door is a cement side patio with a geometro propped up on car jacks. My grandfather was a mechanic of sorts, and it seemed he had a special place in his heart for fixing old geometros. At the edge of the cement pad were a few sets of child handprints. Mine fit perfectly into the ones labeled Julie. That's my mom, P.S. I, I feel like I need to do more P.S.'s because sometimes I don't say things. But anyway, not important. Back to where we were. The cement pad connects to a path that continues the length of the house. It winds under a pergola tunnel attached to the house where the grapes grew in bunches draping from the vine, past another unique stained glass window installation that came from a historical church, wrapping around a pair of steps to the sliding glass door near the kitchen, and then to the lemon tree and bench near the window of the bathroom. The path opens into a small shaded spot there, near the gate where the neighbor's dog would yip at us just before the side yard that had a few fruit trees and a garden, I think. The backyard had a round above-ground pool with a trampoline hugged up to its side. I don't think we did much or maybe even any swimming this trip, but we lived for leaping from the tramp to the pool in the summer. Behind the trampoline is a pair of metal gymnastic-like bars and a greenhouse shed. My mom at this trip thinks she can still twirl around the lower bar. She gives it a try just to see. She swings her legs up and around the bar, pulling herself to sit up on top of it. Then she dangles one leg and lets the other loop with the bar. Let's the other. Um, let's the other still. It, the word is still. I don't know what word I actually meant. Still. Oh, the other. No, that's right. Okay. Pfft. Rewind. Then she dangles one leg. The other still looped with the bar at the back of her knee. She keeps her hands held fast and flings forward, flipping one, two, three times. I'm wildly impressed. Back to tra- Backtracking to the front door. Come on in. 
the entryway is tiled in dark gray organically shaped slabs of slate. A small wood bench sits to the left with a basket of children's books. It matches the set of benches lining the corner to the right that surround a unique circular fire pit paved in the same stone. It never occurred to me that this was the outdoor porch area of the original house, but my grandparents had bumped the wall out years before I was born. Knowing this now, that step up separating the entryway from the carpeted living room makes a lot more sense. I'd sit around that indoor fire pit roasting s'mores with my cousins. My grandfather would blatantly burn his and laugh, his big white teeth jutting out with glee while his laughing eyes crinkled and disappeared into gleaming slits, just like mine sometimes do. Granddaddy, you've burned yours again? One of the cousins would say, feigning disappointment. I like it that way, he'd tease, blowing the flaming marshmallow out and then pulling the entire black gooey layer away and into his mouth. Then he proceeded to tuck the remaining marshmallow back into a hot spot near the flames until it too caught on fire. And he'd pull another layer again and again and again until the marshmallow was gone. I ate my marshmallows the exact same way for years. It's delicious, you should try it. Behind the entry is the living room. Couches, a rocking chair, astronomy magazines on the coffee table. The side table hosts a five by seven wedding picture of my young grandparents. Grandfather dressed in a sharp suit looking a lot like Uncle Lyman's oldest son and grandmother in a chic button-up blazer, gloves, and a pencil skirt on their way out of the temple. Next to this picture is an old lamp with fringe along the shade. Above this table and the couch next to it hangs a wide mirror that reflects the extra-long frame of 11 8x10 baby pictures on the opposite wall. This is the mirror where Auntie Anne showed me and her daughters how she flips her hair completely upside down and even brushes it that way before wrapping it with elastic into a high ponytail. Past the living room was the hall lined by a cabinet with sliding doors that functioned as a wall between the living room and kitchen. Maybe it was a wall with a built-in, but the wall didn't go all the way up and the cabinets didn't go all the way either. It held a collection of books inside. One year, my grandma let me choose one of her many sets of scripture to keep. I chose a white leather-bound Old Testament with impossibly thin pages and illustrations every few chapters. I distinctly remember the one of Noah on the ark with a rainbow overhead filling the sky. Above the books, on the very top of the cabinet wall was a big collection of handmade pottery and sculptures all crafted by members of the family. I have to add in a word that I skipped. Okay. This might be the trip where Uncle Jared showed us how he sculpted with hot wax. He made a pair of beautiful figurines dancing together, their bodies outstretched in powerful poses. He let my brothers try melding the wax into their own sculptures. He cautioned that the wax could get very hot, so he wanted us to be careful. This scared me, so I refused to try, even though I wanted to. It cools down quickly, he assured me. In fact, if any gets on you, it's only hot for just a second. He held out his hand, letting a drip fall on the center of his palm to show me. Here, you try, he said, reaching out for my hand. I stepped back and shook my head no. That sealed the deal. I have never been the girl who willingly lets danger fall directly into the palm of her hand. The kitchen was small and opened to a large dining uh, to a large dining table with an entrance to the garage on the right and further to the right was the piano. If you continue past the piano and to the dining table, you'll reach a glo- and past the piano and the dining table, you'll reach a glorious library. 
I think there was more seating in that room, but I didn't pay a lot of attention to anything except the book, the built-in bookcase along the wall and that magical pane of stained glass inlaid into the back window. The room also had a shelf that wrapped around the top of the three walls that Grandma used as a ledge to keep artwork her children had made. I remember exploring this room and spending hours reading and looking through books. I discovered so many great classics like Black Beauty, Pippi Longstocking, and Anna Green Gables in that room, in addition to the handmade touch-and-feel baby book that Grandma, great-grandma Elsie had made from fabric and sewing notions. The most memorable page was the alligator with metal zipper teeth. There is so much to this house, I've barely scratched the surface. <laughs> Down the steps to the garage was an indoor breezeway that led to the garage, which was converted into two rooms. We always stayed in these rooms. I remember exploring the rooms. These rooms had something different, uh, something new every time we came. That or I just noticed something different each time. This time, there was a small wooden dresser. I remember it being empty, particularly the last drawer, which was completely bare, except for one corner, which held a wad of cash. Yes, a wad of cash. <laughs> It was neatly folded into a metal money clip. Huh, I thought, this must be for me. So I, <laughs> so I rather guiltlessly tucked it into the pocket of my luggage, thinking I had scored big time. Little did I know, my Uncle Lyman, who had recently returned from his mission, had slept in that room the night before our arrival. Turns out, he was missing some cash. That was embarrassing. <laughs> Fortunately, he didn't really seem to mind. I don't know if he even count if I if I even counted it, but it was like two hundred dollars or something crazy. Uncle Lyman talks slow and deliberately, like all my Compton uncles do. They have this way of looking right at you. Every conversation feels like it could turn into an interrogation at a moment's notice. Grown-ups made me angsty to begin with. So getting the old, have you seen, have you happened to have seen my life savings floating around here? Felt okay. What? Um, sorry, I'm lost. Okay. Do, 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 do. Every conversation feels like it could turn into an interrogation at a moment's notice. Grown-ups made me angsty to begin with. Yes, yes, yes. So getting the old, have you seen my life savings floating around here? Felt okay a little more like, you took it, didn't you, you little punk, in the moment. <laughs> he wasn't wrong. I really warmed up to him, though, after seeing my mom and her, and her siblings laughing with him about how he'd go around getting in trouble at school for wearing his big brother's baggy clothes. Siblings are pretty mesmerizing. Back in the breezeway, there is an exit door to the side yard where Grandpa did his puttering. To the left, before the exit, was a few wood-board stairs leading to a bathroom. The bathroom was completely open with a shower that sprayed right onto the floor. It's the one we'd use after swimming in the backyard. I used a razor for the first time in that bathroom. I couldn't have been older than maybe eight, and I cut myself on my face. I waited until I was 12 before I tried that again. And my next attempt, I shaved my legs instead of my face. I remember my cousin, I think it was probably Jodell. She was like, uh, did you try shaving your face? <laughs> uh, I was like, no. I cut it 
I don't even know how that cut got here. That's a side note. Back to where we were. One time, someone knocked an entire roll of toilet paper into the toilet. Instead of throwing it away, Grandpa let it dry and put it back on the rack because he wasn't willing to waste it. Back outside the bathroom, the stairs cock to the left and go up to a loft attic. This place was a treasure trove, literal treasure. I can't name a single thing we found up there, but it all felt museum worthy and I loved it. I love being surrounded by old things that have secret stories and past lives. If you climb up a short ledge to the right of the top of the staircase instead of the left, there's a small room barely tall enough for a grown-up to stand in that sloped with the roof. It had a window we'd climb, we'd open and climb out of onto the roof. Climb what? It had a window we'd open and climb out to the roof from. Oh, there we go. We'd take grapes fresh from the vines dangling across the pergola, pergola in the backyard and leave them on the sheet in the sun until they turned into raisins. No grape and no raisin will ever beat the memories I have of eating the ones that were grown and made on Molera Lane. On the opposite end of the house, down the hall and the other side of the kitchen and living room were the bedrooms. The smallest one was an office. The other was the rainbow room that literally had a huge rainbow painted across the wall of the room. In fact, I think my mom painted it on a bit of a whim when she visited a few years earlier. The last room was my grandparents' bedroom. Just inside this room was a wooden dresser with my grandma's jewelry and treasures on top of it. There was a small TV in the corner where we'd watch the Olympics in a couple summers piled with my cousins on the bed. But at this moment, the bed is occupied by my land, my, by, oh my, wow. But at this moment, the bed is occupied by my Aunt Lori, who just had a baby and was either napping for a few minutes or staying a couple days. I knew she was back there and that we were supposed to let her rest, except for the few minutes when she asked for me. Me? I thought. Why me? I was instantly nervous. She just wants to give you a birthday present, my mom said. Just go. I had a lot of anxiety over interacting with adults, so this turned into a complicated situation pretty quickly. I did not want to do it. My mom made this one not optional, and I wandered my way back to the bedroom. I was so nervous when I pushed the partially open door in a little further. The room was light and bright, and a soft breeze caught the curtains gently at the window. Aunt Lori was holding a tiny sleeping body on her chest where she sat propped by pillows in the bed. I heard it was your birthday, she said with a welcoming smile. Of all my mom's siblings, Aunt Lori was the most playful and easygoing. I smiled back, nodding my head, still not knowing why I was standing there. Aunt Lori kept it simple and sweet, seeming to not expect a single thing of me except to pick up the black case at the foot of the bed. It looked a little like one of those art kits that you can get from a craft store that come in a black pla- that come in black pa- plastic. Oh my gosh, wow. That come in a black plastic case and open like a book with snaps at the edge. But this case was heavier and sturdier. I hope you like it, Lori said. I looked at my mom who had come in and in behind and stood behind me and stood leaning on the door jamb. She smiled with a go for it glow. I undid the clasp and hefted it open. Inside the case were dozens of tiny bottles. They were each labeled with exotic names and the word parfum. 
My eyes widened and my little jaw fell. Whoa, I whispered, barely more than a breath. I've always loved small containers and beautiful feminine things. I quickly became obsessed with holding and smelling and pretending to be a little perfume shop girl with those dainty bottles. I wonder whatever became of that collection of perfume samples. I can only imagine, but I do know they came home with me and I treasured them. This year, I was obsessed with horses. When we celebrated my birthday at Grandma and Grandpa's house, I also got a walking horse for my Barbie. She took mechanical steps on hinged legs across Grandmommy's kitchen. I've never had a toy as fancy as that before. Grandma had a small present for me too, a small square wrapped in pink tissue paper and a ribbon. I pulled the tails of the bow and tenderly tore the small package open. It was a wood block with a picture of a carousel horse on it. Two of the edges of the block were rounded and smoothed and smoothed into an easy grip. I flipped it over. A stamp. I saw this at the store and it made me think of you. Grandmommy beamed at me. My mom showed me how to use pens to color in the different parts of the horse. The saddle decorated in swirls and flowers, multicolored twisty striped pole that ran through the horse's back and stomach. A bridle across her mouth and face, hooves and legs in a gallop and a mane and tail in motion. I loved it. It was probably one of my most memorable birthdays. Certainly a favorite. I feel like every podcast I do, I'm going to have to share a disclaimer being like, just so you know, I'm not a <laughs> a dates and chronology kind of person. Um, because when I said in this chapter that like, there's like, there's some, there's some details where I say things, some, uh, timeline type things. And then that if, if a detective went and (laughs) investigated and was like, wait a second, your aunt Lori didn't have a baby the same time that your uncle Lyman came home from his mission. Like it's very possible that these memories are from two separate visits, but I'm just lumping them all together. So just so you know, if you're like trying to backdate events, don't don't do it from my, me. <laughs> I'm not the authority on that. Um, okay, the other thing too that I am trying to be more aware of because I would love it for this memoir to read in a way that anybody could pick it up and it would be like feel like a complete story like you wouldn't be like wait which grandma is she talking about or um who is her mom and you know you know what this book needs it needs a pedigree a pedigree chart and yeah I think I'm gonna do that but yeah great idea I love it I will um but that's not going to solve everything because, I mean, no one's going to study this pedigree chart. They're just going to, like, flip. I mean, they're going to see it and they're going to be like, okay, cool, that's great. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe they would. But, yes, I want it to be a little more... Uh, making sure that anybody could know what the heck I'm even talking about or who I'm talking about or where I'm talking about. Um. So sorry about that. If that is a, I'm not, I'm not really sorry. Sorry, not sorry, but something that I note to self. Okay. What else do I need to say about this chapter? Um, oh, so what I really want to talk about is relationships. So, um, 
I would not say that I was particularly close to any of my grandparents. I feel like I was close in that they influenced my life and that I was observant of them, but not that we were like best buddies. And I think this kind of um, is because of my own personal uh, personality. Like I was extremely timid. I, I'm not inherently friendly. Um, I don't have any problems with that. That's just the truth. And then also that my, I was like one of many grandchildren. I was not, we weren't one of those families that has like three grandchildren and each grandchild has a relationship with their grandparents. It was like, I was just one of many and I was the timid, shy one at that. So hard shell to crack. Um, but even still, and, and, you know, also I feel like different grandparents really shine in different seasons. Like some grandparents are totally the young child grandparent. Some grandparents are like the teenager phase grandparent. Um, they just kind of shine in those different seasons of their kids' lives. And um, I think maybe for me, my grandmommy, I was a little more of that young child that I got. I got more of her when I was a young child. Anyway, so to say too that it's possible maybe as you're like listening to these that you might think, oh wow, she had such a great relationship with her grandmother. Yes, I did, but also it wasn't anything. It really wasn't. I I don't even know how to say that, but like it wasn't like we were two best buddies. It was, I don't know. I just, in my personal experience, in my personal opinion on it is, does anyone ever really, I don't know. I guess I didn't. I um, get to know their grandparents more than, the grandparent-grandchild relationship is so interesting because it's really just like this, this mutual I'm going to adore you and you're going to adore me. And like, we don't even actually know each other. <laughs> we just, we just love each other because we're, I don't know, family and, and we're proud of each other. And I don't know. It's just, it's like the interest and interesting little symbioticness. Um, okay. So there's that. I am just doing a fantastic job of explaining myself because I think it's because I'm doing a sugar fast and I'm just not going to be a hundred percent there. And like I was before, (laughs) that's sarcasm (laughs) Um, because my brain runs on sugar and it's not getting any. (laughs) So we will see in a couple of weeks if I can rehabilitate myself (laughs) and get myself to run on, um, fresh fruits and vegetables and whole grains. (laughs) Um, anyway, that's a giant side note. Okay. Pedigree chart. That'll do us some good. What else did I have here? Oh, um, yeah. If anyone's feeling jealous of this. Oh, I forgot. The most important thing is that I am learning so much and have been learning so much about my grandparents who I feel felt like I didn't really know through 
thinking about my memories of them. Wow, that was kind of stumbly, but my memories of them. So like, um, it's like the weirdest read between the lines, you know, that example from the last podcast of my grandma giving me a treasure troll and my reaction to that treasure troll was incredibly parallel to my reaction to my grandmother because she was a tad frightening. I was <laughs> a tad, um, but I warmed up to her. I loved her. Like I really did love her, but I thought, you know, I was very wary of my grandma. She was, my grandpa used to call her pill. It was his nickname for her because she was hard to swallow pill. And that, when I found that out, I was like, wow, if there wasn't a perfect nickname, I mean, I think we found it. Um, I would never call my grandma pill, but I just think it's cute anyway. So there's that. And then also, um, my grandmommy. Okay. And I wouldn't, okay. So funny thing about grandmommy, I would call, there are times when I call her grandma, but I would never call grandma Alexander grandmommy. Grandmommy is only reserved for grandma Compton. So I got it. That's one of the things where I'm like, this is confusing because you're like, well, you, you're, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. What else am I talking about? Um, good times, you guys. Good times. Good night, my friends. <laughs> I air these at 6 a.m. 6 a.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays. The next Tuesday, we have got some early school memories coming at you. They are delightful. You're going to love it. You're really going to love it. You can't wait. I can't wait. Yay. Um, thanks for listening along. Uh, bye. <laughs> As always, thank you so much for listening. I'm forever grateful to have you following along. If you're looking to contact me, you can email me at jenica.sparks at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Looking forward to talking with you again real soon.